0: Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Rhett. And I'm Link, thanks for joining us today, that's right, it's another interesting conversation with someone interesting from the interesting internet. Interesting net. At the round table of dim lighting this week, we have each other, Uh, Rhett. That's right people, you get another Rhett and Link only Ear Biscuit this week. I'm not gonna apologize for that. Well, you don't have to, I mean,
1: you seem like you were about to apologize for it. No, no, no. It. And then you said, I'm not gonna apologize for it. I thought about apologizing for it. Kind of like I'm, a backwards but apology. But I'm not gonna apologize for it.
0: Uh, we've got um, some dark chocolate here that I will be eating as we have this conversation that I'm very much looking forward to. Hmm. I, I think that, right, I know you're gonna enjoy it, <laughs> but I think that uh, y- you're gonna enjoy it out there in your, in your ear cans or your... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> your ear cans. Or in your car. or I like to imagine you, wherever you are, uh, being transported to another world. It's like you're sitting here at this table with us. So you, you, It's like you're the guest today, but you're silent.
1: But somebody out there is on a bus. You're on the bus. You get on the bus every single day. Wearing ear cans? You got those ear cans on, and you're like... All right, time for my biscuit as I go along. And you're making eye contact with the guy across from you right now who also has on ear cans. He's listening to another podcast. Mm. What I want you to do right now is I want you to pause this. I want you to take your ear cans off. I want you to go. I want you to grab him by his ears, pull his ear cans out and say, what podcast are you listening to? And then he's gonna say, uh, something else. And then you say, you should be listening to ear biscuits. And then just... And give him your he's, ear cans. He's gonna start to try to say something and you just put your finger over his lips and say, shh, ear biscuits, and then go back and sit down. That's how we spread the word about ear biscuits, one Awkward. creepy interaction
0: at a time. Okay, it, here's what I've decided to do in this uh Link-only ear biscuit this week. Um, I want to explore a phenomenon related to you, Rhett. Um, yeah, that's me, I'm here. And this is a this is a fascinating phenomenon uh, in how your brain works, how your life works, I oh. guess. Hmm. Um, that not only have I noticed this, but- You've piqued my interest. Your wife has chronicled this. Somewhat. In, f- in fact, today, uh, I asked you to send her a text to make sure I wasn't missing anything. In my list of what I want to go through, and she replied with even more things to add to the list. She did. Not only has your wife chronicled and uh, diagnosed, I'll even say hmm. this this phenomenon—talking about psoriasis—but my wife as well has been a part of this conversation, and we have labeled this this uh, phenomenon that uh, is. Not necessarily unique to you, but between the two of us, it is. And I I think that there's also, as we discuss this, it is kind of a discussion about the interplay of our friendship and how we're different and how uh, the dynamic of it and how things work and how your personality impacts uh, how we interact. So. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna hedge anymore. Are you gonna ask
1: me questions? Is that how it's gonna work?
0: Yeah, I've got a list here. I'm gonna prompt you. Do I need to lay down? Some, some things. No, it's it's not a counseling appointment. It's, okay. It's just a fun conversation. Do I need to stand up? Okay, th- this is... Rhett is an ideas guy. I mean, it's one of the things that I've liked about him um, uh, in <laughs> the past. I, that I've liked. <laughs> one of those things I used to like about one him. One of the things I appreciated about him. I got you. old. Um, but there... Th- Rhett goes through a series of obsessions, like uh, a fashion designer goes through new outfits. Mm. Um, and I thought it would be fun to explore all of the th- all of the uh, obsessions that Rhett has had over the years. Things that he gets really excited about for for one hot minute before just long enough. It hasn't even cooled off before he's moved on to the next thing that he's. I'm so excited about this. This is the thing. And so I've called it, Jesse, your wife, and my wife, Chrissy, I mean, we talk about this, and we're like, here you are, okay, it's another obsession. Rhett's talking about vitamins and natural medicine. They call it phases. Phases, that's right. My wife
1: calls it a phase. A phase,
0: oh, he's just going through another phase. He's talking about... Natural medicine, he's reading a book about what vitamins he's going to take, what supplements he's going to take. Next week, it'll be gone. It's just a phase. It's an obsessive phase. And can I make my, can I give you my perspective on that? yeah. That you already know? Yeah, that's not what you call it.
1: Uh, I call it layers. (laughs) Okay. Because my contention is that, yes, these particular things that I know that, what you're going to list, I know that, I know what my layers are. I may have had a more heated passion for them at times that has subsided somewhat. However, they remain on my mind, in my heart, and a part (laughs) of my life at different points, and I can access them at any time. And some I just, I wanna go back and I wanna go deeper.
0: And there's an interesting phenomenon. It's a layer, it's a layer. Okay, so I have a list of these layers. Oh, good. And You're I would using like my terminology. I one, like that. 14. I mean, I've got fourteen of these. We may not even get through all of them. Okay, I um, would so, love to talk. So, I could do a podcast on each. So there's no need to uh, <laughs> spend too much time on each one. But I think as we go through it, there's an interesting phenomenon that the different, the reason why we call them in a session because you bring these things to us, to yeah. me, to your wife, mm-hmm. sometimes to my wife, and it. <laughs> Well, you bring it to me, and it's an implication for Christy that this could change my life if i if I decide to get into this too, right. So it's always a point of decision for us when you're when you have your new layer. Am I in this? am I am I in on this? Okay. And if I am, then it can really take off because uh, it's like adding fuel to a fire kind of thing. Or am I going to, is this not for me kind of a thing? Right, because you, so I'm you an tend interesting to be
1: position. pretty singularly focused on right. things. And so if you get into something, whoa, buddy, you go pretty deep.
0: Right. Um, let's just get to one. Okay. These are semi in chronological order. Ultralights. Oh, ultralights.
1: Yes. This is, this is a class of airplanes that... <laughs> <laughs> At the time I became interested in these. A class of airplanes that what? A class of airplanes that you don't need a real license to fly. Now that has changed, uh, I don't remember what year it was. It was about the time I was interested in this. They were changing and creating a new classification of, uh, of airplanes, but let me tell you about this. I was working for Black & Veatch engineering firm. This is my first job right out of college. And uh, we didn't have a whole lot of work going on. I spent a lot of time on the interwebs. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I found is that there were these dudes who were really into flying these different contraptions. And it was all kinds of different stuff. Contraption is a great word, for yeah, it. right? Because they're not really planes. <laughs> they are mostly uh, either a powered parachute. And I'm talking a guy with a parachute. And then he has a propeller on his back, like a backpack that is a propeller. And you can fly all around the world on this thing. Well, you can fly, like, around a county
0: with it. So it's for people who are obsessed enough with flying... To strap a fan to their back and some wings above them, but not obsessed enough to get a proper license. Yeah, yeah. The actual license. Who are we kidding? Too, ne- much, too much ne- work, one of those.
1: And trust me, once you get into this and you start reading what these guys say about it, it's like they say you're one with, you're like a bird. This is as close as you can be to being <laughs> a bird. In fact, there's a, a movie called uh, Fly Away Home, which is about geese being led back home. Buy an ultralight, and this was an ultralight trike, <laughs> which is basically a tricycle with a big hang glider wing on it. And you're reading all this stuff over the oh, course I of love like, I them. Like, I mean, like
0: five days. I'm
1: I mean, re- oh no no, this, uh, you got to give me more credit than that. It, I read it's about. Not,
0: I mean, it's not I, that I'm not. I giving read about
1: them for weeks, and then I contacted a guy in Irwin who was doing lessons. But before you contacted him, you were talking
0: to me about it. Oh yeah. I was in, and my, And I, I agreed to go to Irwin and to get on one of these things. I was like, how much does it cost you? were like, $300, you get to go. I was like, I'll go up once and see if I catch the fever, but I'm not gonna really read anything before I go. But I had mine priced out and everything. I had a ballistic
1: parachute that was gonna be attached to it because- Like your personal
0: one, not the- Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, because you, you got a altimeter on this thing, a GPS. <laughs> I mean, there was a guy who went all the way from uh, North America to to uh, England, United Kingdom on one of these things. He I mean,
0: went over the uh, Atlantic North Ocean. Atlantic,
1: yeah. It, so anyway, yes, I, I still want to do this. I'll tell you the thing that stopped me on this one, <laughs> the thing that stopped me on this one was the fact that I'm a family man. And that mm. uh, every time I got really close to doing it is when I realized that, you know, this is how John Denver died, you know? Was it John Denver died in an ultralight? Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Country, I didn't know. Country that. roads take me home. He apparently straight ran down it, into the ocean. Ran into I think it was the side of a mountain, probably because of Rocky Mountain High.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's what <laughs> that song is about. Is it too soon to
1: joke about John Denver's death?
0: <laughs> I think it's okay. <laughs> okay,
1: um, I don't think I don't think there's anyone who's like upset right now. So I was just like, okay. This may not be the best so idea. So you put
0: pause on that one. But, but that's a layer, because you might could phew, dig, I you might so, unearth it?
1: At any moment, I could get right back into that. I am so close. They do it out in
0: Ventura County. Mm. It's
1: it's it's the place to be. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Well, we're at a point where, if it can be an episode of Good Mythical Morning, um, and I don't have to pay anything, I'm very much in. But okay. I am a family man, so, I mean, when the rubber You're meets not gonna the road die, and, or doesn't meet the road anymore, I really have to think about that. You're not gonna die. The technology has improved over the past decade. Here's another one. Chiropractic. Okay. Now, for a normal person, it's like, okay, chiropractors. I, I could see how you might do some research, might... uh, but, but calling that an obsession or a layer well, is inter- a little bit different than saying, well, I went to a chiropractor. Well, it's interesting because... Um, is it interesting?
1: <laughs> I, I, these are all interesting. That I w- otherwise, I wouldn't be interested in them. <laughs> but I will say, uh, I don't believe. Uh, I think a lot of stuff is pseudoscience, including a lot of chiropractic medicine. Hmm. This whole idea that your uh, the alignment of your spine will improve every part of your well being. I, I don't. I, I think that that's wishful thinking, and I don't think
0: there's. Uh, Actual scientific support for that, however, and there's I, but there's no need for them to push it that far because there is something there. Right, I I, I right. I'll, I just want to be clear that I went to a chiropractor who I, I
1: do believe that there's a, a certain portion of chiropractic medicine which is definitely legitimate medicine. I mean, they do they do. X-rays over your back. They do manipulation to move things. They know the stretches and strength exercises and that kind of thing. You know, I got a bad back. I've had a bad back since I was in high school. So starting in college, I got interested in this. And I was like, this could be my thing. You know, I could go on a regular basis. And I think in my day, I've seen three or four different chiropractors.
0: But I wouldn't, but I, you were, I wouldn't you, call but this you, an obsession. Th- there was a, th- no, you just said, <laughs> you just said, There's a thought that crossed your mind. You said, this could be my thing. Going to a chiropractor? I thought it could be. You got excited.
1: I thought it could be the thing that kept me pain free.
0: Oh, but you didn't think I'm gonna.
1: Be a chiropractor,
0: (laughs) no. Or or go every week and that'll be fun.
1: Uh, No, I actually thought I was gonna go twice a week for an extended period of time. But you didn't do it. I didn't do that either because my insurance plan didn't didn't have enough visits. And so again, I was, I was prohibited. Did a mo- what you'll find is that in most of these times, it wasn't my own decision that I moved on to the next thing. I was prohibited from exploring it further.
0: Well, okay, I, we can move on, but I don't want to put you on the defensive.
1: Oh, I'm not being defensive. I'm just being no, like, explanatory. Well, I
0: have to say why, well, you know, you seem to be defensive. Like, well, I would still be doing this if it wasn't for something else. And and the reason why is because well that's the the difference between an obsession and a layer a layer (laughs) it's a dormant layer.
1: I learned enough because this one of the things that does happen with me. I I will say this. I I love to read, right? And I and I'm always reading something. And uh, I I I get I okay. Here's the difference between me and you. Right. Well, there's a lot of differences between me and you as we've established. But our reading habits are very different.
0: Right. I'm currently reading. Eight books. Right, like, if you look at your bedside, or maybe your Kindle, if you do it that way, there's, like, a stack. Like, there's a physical stack by your bedside, right? Well, but, you know, I do, I read... on A I, digital I, stack. I, right, guy. exactly.
1: I have my iPhoto. Photo. <laughs> <My>, uh, <laughs> you read pictures? iPhone, iPhone uh, library. But for me, like... And, 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 and Three. But, I, but I will say, let me finish. I, I have not finished any of those books, and it is very likely that I won't finish the majority of them because I get the idea of the book, and I'm like, all right, I see where you're going, buddy. I'm on to the next book.
0: And for me, if you look at my bedside or my Kindle, there's only gonna be one book on my bedside or one book within the Kindle. Even within the Kindle. Like, I'll clean them off because I don't even want to see another book in the Kindle that I could read. You're joking. When I read... Um, just don't click on it. When I when I when I first got the Kindle, first book I bought was Game of Thrones. Right. Like two and a half years later, I was uh, reading Game of Thrones. Like I read all the books, but I was right. committed. I'm going to keep reading Game of Thrones and nothing else until I have exhausted it. And I, I read. I, half... I haven't watched the the television show, but I've read every single page of of the books because I just want. Once I got there, I was committed, and I actually felt an obligation to keep doing it. Like saying, well, I get the idea, I'm gonna move on to the next thing. Something, I don't know, and I think this is a problem for me that I'm like, I can't move on. Well, but a narrative work
1: like Game of Thrones, I mean, you. I, I'll admit I read half of it and quit. You can't get the idea because you got. I mean, <laughs> you don't know how it ends. I read I read mostly nonfiction, and a lot of times you can get an idea, right? But
0: well, I moved on. With Game to of Thrones is
1: just like, man, this is a long book. It's very good. It's very long. I feel like if I, if I commit every night to reading this book, there'll be like seven other books that I can't get to, and so then I get, you know, I get distracted and I go to these other books.
0: Well, interestingly, Once I ran out of Game of Thrones, I started reading like some nonfiction, and it was most, I can't remember what it was, but it was most likely something that you were reading at the time that you were talking to me about, so then I just picked that up and started reading Well, I, yeah, it.
1: I started Game of Thrones and was like, this is awesome, and then you read everything, and I'm still halfway through the first
0: one. Right, and then you recommended- Years later. You recommended another book, and I can't remember what it was, but I guarantee you I read the whole thing just out of sense of obligation.
1: Huh, an obligation to the author or an obligation to yourself? Because they you know, they don't keep up with whether or not you
0: finish the book. <laughs> yeah. I can't even say it's 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 a subconscious thing. It's like, well, once you start something, you got to finish it. I don't think there's anything to apologize. I mean, I'd
1: love to finish all the books, but but my point was, um, uh, I read enough about chiropractic to know that this is probably not a completely legitimate enterprise, and I know I'm probably. You know, upsetting people who are into chiropractic medicine, but well, I was like, eh, you know, uh, I'm I don't think I'm going to do do this a whole lot.
0: Okay, if that one's a little controversial, some people have different different opinions on chiropractic. Let's go even more controversial: guns. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you had a you had a guns obsession. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, okay. it's a little strong. M- my
1: uh, my father in law um, took us. Well, okay. My father in law has always had a bunch of guns, right? You know, I and mean, he's a guy from the, the, the,
0: the South, and it's not uncommon. To, my uncle's a hunter. I mean, he's got cases of uh, behind safe. Well, my father in law is not a hunter. He's just a gun owner.
1: and I, A and collector? I, just Yeah, he's just a guy who has a lot of stuff, and one of the things that he has a lot of is guns. <laughs> and uh, this is really funny because. Uh, I'm going to say this in a way that is as sensitive as possible because it's in reality it's very it's hilarious. Um, my sister-in-law fell in love with Chris, my brother-in-law, who is half Palestinian and half Lebanese. She has since been married to him for 15 years or so. Okay. And, uh, but right at the beginning of their relationship, we, a, a typical Middle Eastern family, when you meet one, then you meet everyone, right? So we met Chris and then we are immediately introduced to all his cousins and aunts and uncles who lived in the Raleigh, Durham area. Okay. And um, this, keep in mind, this is, now, first of all, all of them, it's not like any of them are terrorists, but <laughs> the, but, but this was right after 9-11, like right after 9-11, like le- legitimately like- within, Like 9-12? Within the year, within the year of 9-11. And we go out on some land with Chris's family, all these Middle Eastern guys, and we we take all these assault rifles. I'm not kidding. Like, From where? They, they had them, and oh, my gosh. father-in-law had them. I, I mean, just, I'm talking like semi-automatic, some some automatic guns, just a bunch of guns, and they bring a picture of Osama bin Laden, because they're anti, I mean, they're anti-Osama. They're gonna shoot this picture. And they're gonna shoot the picture. Okay, good. But it was just a weird time in my <laughs> life. You were there. I was there, and I was, sh- I was shooting <laughs> a picture of Osama <laughs> bin Laden with an Uzi. <laughs>
0: With an Uzi? With an Uzi. <laughs> oh,
1: I wasn't there for this. And uh, I was out there on this land in the middle of Harnett County shooting these guns and I'm just like, this is so weird. But worthy of. But I was like, this is fun. Because <laughs> um, there's a there's power behind uh, unloading some ammo. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, we just, just target practice. Just out, a bunch of good old boys from the Middle East just <laughs> shooting up <because> of Osama <laughs> Bin Laden. And uh, at that point I was like, you know what? Maybe you know maybe I should have some guns. You know, and and again, if you're if you're not from uh the United States and if you're not from the south, it I I've no, one of the things I've learned in doing Good mythical morning and, and being on the internet and seeing all the comments from people people have no they don't understand gun culture in America and I don't blame you, okay? So, it's it seems crazy. Um but I got a gun. I went to a uh, you
0: went to a gun show, I went to right? the gun
1: show at the NC State Fairgrounds, Dorton Arena, and I bought a thirty-eight Special, which was a cop revolver. So we're talking about, I didn't get an Uzi, I got a revolver. It's
0: It has six bullets at a time and they revolve.
1: Yes, it's an old style. Old school. It's the kind of thing that Roscoe P. Coltrane would've have, would have had in his holster <laughs> on Dukes of Hazard.
0: Or Roscoe P. Coltrane. <laughs> Coltrane. P. Coltrane. That's what we used to call him as kids. Um, well, but, the, the, but, this had, and, but this and, impa- and this is where it, this right. is where it intersects me because you come back and you're like, I gotta, bought a revolver and let's go into the woods and shoot it, and uh, you should get one. Oh yeah. And so here's my point of decision. I'm like, well, how much is it?
1: That's always my thing. It's like, well,
0: how much? I know you're into this, and that means I'm going to be into it. How much? How much is my wallet going to hurt? <laughs> and I realized that my uh, my grandfather had a 357 Magnum. As a sheriff's deputy, right, uh, and he Smith and Wesson. He had passed away a few years earlier, and my I asked my grandma, "Could I have his gun for mainly for sentimental reasons, but then also to to have something to shoot whenever we went out into the woods yeah. and did some target practice?" Yeah, and I got that thing, and I went out there that one time with you, and it was fun until I had to fire the thing, and it was the it was it was uh, it was scary to me. It, but it wasn't fun to you. It kicked like a mule, man.
1: Yeah, and because you're you had a 357. You had the step up from the from the 38. Um, so you, I well, you had it was a Magnum. It was a 357 Magnum, smaller bullet, smaller
0: caliber, but uh, more gunpowder. Um, okay, I, I didn't I didn't hate it, but I was really bad at it, and it was kind of there was quite a jolt to it. So it it didn't take with me. It didn't take. Well.
1: I will say it didn't necessarily take with me either. I never bought another gun, and I haven't shot that gun um, in 10 years. But I still know how to, (laughs) and I'm ready at a moment's notice.
0: Okay, so should I move on to the next one on the list here? Um, Now, this one's related, crow hunting.
1: Yeah. Now this one, this is.
0: Do you hunt crows with a thirty-eight?
1: <laughs> well, you'd have to be a really good shot. You, <laughs> you you hunt crows with a shotgun, scatter pattern.
0: I was not involved in this. No, so, I was on the front, very right. fringe. So of this. again,
1: I met Black and Veatch. Lots of stuff happened when I was an engineer. That well, was engineering.
0: Boredom breeds right. obsession. So uh,
1: somehow I stumble upon this uh, website where these guys out in the Midwest are hunting crows um, at the request of farmers out there because crows destroy crops, and there's lots of them. There's no population problem with the crows. There's more than we can handle. So there's no limit. In some states, there's no limit on how many crows you can shoot. And so these dudes will just go out and they'll just kill like 50 crows because the farmer wants them dead. They're like pests. It's like pest control. But, you know, you start shooting that many birds, you feel like, well, we should do something with these birds, we should eat them. Oh, And really? so, uh, there's all these crow recipes. Mm. Now, the thing I found out, I'm reading about this, is that crows are extremely intelligent. Now, they're not as smart as us. They are birds. <laughs> <laughs> but And they're not as smart as dolphins or anything like that, but... You can teach a crow to talk just like a parrot. A, a crow is incredibly intelligent. It has an amazing vocabulary. You, you can teach a crow to talk. You can teach a crow to say things like
0: "Polly want a cracker."
1: You can if you can teach a crow to say those kinds of
0: things. And first of all, just to clear it up a, a little bit, yeah, Polly doesn't want a cracker. I'm just how do you to, how do you know that? Since when does Polly
1: want a cracker? But go ahead. Um, a crow is incredibly smart. Has an incredible vocabulary. And what this lends itself to is shooting it. You can draw a crow in using its own vocabulary. Trick a crow. Now, let me. This is fascinating. Okay, this is one of the reasons I got into this. There are these tapes that you can buy. Okay, mm-hmm. they they're an audio track where you can create a situation they re- somehow they've recorded crows or they've made crow sounds of a certain scenario that will cause a bunch of crows to come in so what they do is they have this thing crows do you know that crows hate owls owls and
0: crows are arch rivals do they eat each other they i well they're they, they're they're uh, they compete for the same mice there is a
1: tape that you can get a, tr- a soundtrack that is an owl attacking a baby crow. No. And so you hear the sound of the owl, and then you hear a baby crow crying, a distress call, and then it brings in hundreds of crows depending on where you're at. Really? So the idea that you could do this. And you
0: set up a fake Owl, there too, right? Oh, oh, oh and fake and crows. And fake crows, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you remember more than I do. Well, you told me about You were yeah. trying to get me to do it. Yeah, yeah. You get a fake owl. And this is a three dimensional owl. A three dimensional owl. And then you can get the three dimensional crows or you can get the two dimensional. I made two dimensional crows. I I bought poster out board. Construction paper. Out of construction, paper, poster board. <laughs> and I made these things. And so you, and you s- put
0: them on a stick. And then I. And you t- just jab them down into the ground. Yeah. And I took. Around a, the owl.
1: Yeah. I took a boom box and i bought a bullhorn <laughs> and i took the boombox apart <laughs> i wired the bo- the the uh, audio the audio wires instead of going to the speakers in the boombox i wired them directly to a bullhorn and so i could play it really loudly
0: if you ever wonder if your boyfriend husband or acquaintance is bored and you see him building crows out of uh <laughs> poster board and booming crow sales from a boom box, your answer is yes. Okay, so, but again, I'm going all that men's
1: energy somewhere. I'm gonna disappoint you. First of all, again, yeah. I,
0: y- so you build all this stuff, you go out, you set up the scene, I go you blare the crow sales.
1: I go out with a, a good friend of mine from work, Sean Collins, and uh, he goes out there with me and we didn't know what we were doing. We expected dozens of crows to come in. We had like one crow come in, and he knew. And he looked down there and he was like, "That's poster board," and he flew away. We shot at him. Did he say happened. that in English? Was he, he was like, "That's poster board"? <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, I never killed a crow. Uh, I'm sure that's a relief to those of you who were worried about how many crows I was going to kill. I never killed a crow, and well, they're that, so smart. And then, because it, 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 I'm just not good at it, but I was so interested in it. Here's what happened. And this is a, this is a, a, a microcosm of what has happened with me and you in a number of, a number of times. Sean Collins, I, I left Black and Veatch, uh, and Sean Collins we had just done it with me, had just done this crow hunting. Uh-huh. He carried the torch, and he became like an incredible... Crow hunter. Crow stalker? This dude, he- you, you gave him your boom box, didn't you? I said, you can have it. And he got other dudes into it. And I don't know if they still do it to this day, <laughs> but there was like a little community of guys who were like holding down the wake, fort. In your wake, man. In your wake of obsession. he was like, You created a covey. You bought the tapes. You made the contraption. You made those things out of poster board. You've got the owl. Let me have all that. And he still does it. Well, I like to think that he still does it. <laughs> he's like got his own reality he's, television He's controlling show. the crow population of <laughs> no. North Carolina. Crow man. Uh, but that was, th- that, was that was, that <laughs> was, and, and you know this, that what happens is oh, okay. I get interested in something and if there are if there's stuff associated with it. You get the stuff. You gotta get the stuff or you gotta make the stuff. Yeah. That's when something really gets me if there's stuff involved. <laughs> Cause I want to get that stuff.
0: <laughs> oh, you get. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You can make crows out of poster board. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really. Okay, here's another one Bro, on the list. I got to get back into that. It's probably illegal in this California. This is not healthy. I should not be. <laughs> uh, so, like, I'm conjuring in the over the course of an hour. I'm conjuring up your emotions associated with every single layer at once. Like, yeah, y- you're gonna you're gonna explode. I'm not gonna go to sleep tonight. 30- <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid of what you're gonna try to get me into in the morning. Okay. okay. Uh, next on this, wine pairings? Yeah. Wine pairings. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I'm a fan of wine. You know that. I like to drink it with my meals. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, I've seen that you've had a glass of wine. I would never call you a, a fan of wine or a wine aficionado. But I got close to becoming one. <laughs> <laughs> but you thought you thought about what it would be like if you became close to coming becoming one. I once I figured out that there was
1: this, there was a whole world of 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 people who experimented <laughs> with pairing wine with food because that yeah, that's it, when wine really opens up, right? When you start pairing it with food, it. and
0: um, that's what the menus say.
1: Yeah. But and, and you know there are no rules. You, there used to be you had to eat this kind of meat with this kind of wine or that's what. But and there are no rules. It's whatever tastes best to you. <laughs> but interestingly, uh, there there were these apps in books even before apps. There were books that suggested wine pairings, and I got a, I got a little obsessed. I, I, I did think, oh, this is some, this is something <laughs> I could get into again. If there's if there's something you can but, learn but and something you can it? buy and something you can do.
0: I mean, what about it? It was great. It, it, and you know, I, I don't, I don't. But the fact, so what about it? What I mean was, you were intrigued by the fact that you could take this certain, you could take a pork chop and you could buy this wine and you could consume them together and experience Something, 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 something. better, something better. Something better. <laughs> yeah, you know, I grew
1: up drinking milk with spaghetti at my house, you know? But it's just like no, you get
0: this right wine and they interact. There's
1: there's synergy happening (laughs) in your meal,
0: (laughs) right? I'm laughing. I know this is true. I mean, I I accept this. But so what happened? Well, what happened was is you
1: know that's a rather rather expensive hobby, (laughs) and Uh, yeah, I mean pork chops are expensive. And you know that's the wine. And honestly, you got to have somebody to do this with. You know, my yeah. wife is not a big wine drinker. She doesn't, she she doesn't really enjoy wine. And so y- you buy a bottle of wine, you break it open, and you're the only one drinking. You're gonna, it's gonna be over pretty s- soon. You're gonna be asleep, you know? <laughs> and so, um, I, you know, I, we we have some wine. We drink it occasionally, try to make pairings. But it just, I, this, is a, this is the thing. And I think this is where we're going with this. I'm kind of processing this. Okay. If you, I get interested in a lot of things, but if I'm gonna yes. like, stick with it, I gotta have a partner. I gotta have, either you have to get into it or my wife has to get into it. Mm-hmm. And if neither one of you get into it, I'm probably gonna
0: move on. Yeah, I and we know that. And we don't take that lightly. But that's not gonna <laughs> stop me from
1: continuing to get into stuff. No,
0: I mean, we like to make fun of you, but I mean, what I tried to say at the beginning was, I appreciate, I, well, I said I appreciate I, I said I appreciate it, but I appreciate the fact that you're an ideas guy. I think this dovetails with that, that I would be content to just live my simple little life and do my simple little routine and make make the crevices in my brain deeper and not form any new connections and, to my own detriment. Hmm. I don't like that about myself. So I like interfacing with someone let's call that person you <laughs> that's uh, that's me uh who says okay it it is exciting So, okay if i don't like this thing well he's going to present me with something and that's exciting and if i don't like it well i can say that and because there'll be something else next week true and it's great it's true yeah so uh and if I, you ever I,
1: I, this is a good arrangement. And if you ever get interested in that thing again, like if we go through this list tonight and you're like, "You know, what? I'd like to get back into wine pairings." I'm like, "Buddy, I got the app. I'm ready." <laughs> I, need to, I need to re-download it, but I've already bought it. You've
0: got to unearth that layer and, yeah. and tr- bring it. You've got a toilet to the I surface. I have to expose that layer. I would love to have, I mean, I I had some dark chocolate and I uh, you know, I'd love to pair that with some yerba mate. I'd like to get real experimental with this. Hmm. Okay. No, but I, I'm open to that, but let's move on. All right, there's plenty to go. Um, fossils in
1: geology. Uh, th- now, I wanna say that this is something, I've never lost interest in this. Okay. Um, I've been interested in geology ever since I took a class in college.
0: Ever since Ted McKinney gave you a uh, an arrowhead on the uh, Royal Ambassadors
1: hiking trip? Well, that's archeology, span that's not really geology. I mean, I guess indirectly it's geology because it was at one point oh. a rock, but... Well, okay, smarty pants. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking, now, the layers of the earth. You see that? I've got layers. One of my layers is the layers of the earth itself.
0: Okay. Is that a
1: meta joke? I am fascinated by the history of the earth. I'm fascinated by uh, geological formations. And I am fascinated um, by fossils. And I've got a couple, some trilobites, I don't know how many millions of years old they are. I knew at one point they're in a safe at home. At home, but and, why? And, why?
0: Why is a, a, a trilobite or a trilobite in a safe? Why isn't it? In, why isn't it out on your coffee table? Well, I have not Somebody gonna steal it?
1: I I have a safe that has things in it that mean a lot to me, and uh, it. I don't have a way to display this. I hope
0: one day to have a case, man cave of so, of sorts. And you're gonna have you're gonna take what's in the safe and you're gonna put it in a case. Uh yes. Okay.
1: In the man cave, there will be uh, a lot of Hawkman paraphernalia, memorabilia.
0: What there there lies another layer.
1: And there will be fossils. You can go on eBay and for a pretty penny, you can get like. A small dinosaur skull fossil. Really? You can also get like replicas of like a T Rex that made out of resin or whatever. That are still expensive, but not the real thing.
0: Full size?
1: Yes. Really? Yeah. You have to build it yourself. Um, I, I mean, the, the, the head will come as one thing, but <laughs> I want a man cave that's got like these uplit dinosaur fossils. <laughs> and you know, like you're walking around in a museum. Oh, I want man. that someday. Well, what about studio? But but okay, we can do it in the studio too. But the reason I'm fascinated with it is because it it's uh it's incredible. I get it. It's incredible to hold something in your hands that lived, you know, a hundred million years ago.
0: That's fascinating. I I, I
1: get it. To, be, to to hold that in your hand.
0: I mean, I I, I I could uh I mean depending on the cost, I could buy a, I could I could start a trilobite collection. But here's the thing. If I bought one I would buy as many as Merle Haggard records as I've bought. Like, we're both equally into Merle Haggard, but who bought all the Merle Haggard records? Me. You probably said, oh, that would be cool to buy one, but I'm just gonna listen to Merle Haggard. And I'm like, no, I'm gonna go on eBay, and I'm gonna obsess, and I'm gonna buy 65 records, and then I'm gonna hang them meticulously on our wall. But fossils are more expensive than records. Exactly. So I I know I can't buy one (laughs) because I can't buy just one. Really? But, I, but I do respect it. And you know, camping, and I think we'll get back to the whole camping thing, because it comes to another layer, but I do, um, it dovetails with when you get into nature and you're seeing those things. I I, I, I can see that one, Yeah, so I, I, I'm I,
1: very close to that one. I turn rocks over all the time. I've never found a fossil in the wild. That's a dream of mine. Or an arrowhead. I have found an arrowhead.
0: Well, it's not a fossil, red. That's not a fossil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an artifact. So I get it, but let's move on. All right. Uh, next on my list, Crown Victorias. Oh,
1: buddy. Crown now, Victoria.
0: Now, <laughs> when you say Crown Victoria, in this context, especially after talking about like fossils and weighty stuff like that, <laughs> I think people are thinking like, oh, like royalty or something, like, oh, is this a historical obsession of some sort? Like, no, this Queen is a, Victoria?
1: This is a Ford car. <laughs> That uh, The cop car. Co- cops drive. <laughs> cops still drive them. Uh, I mean, but they used to. It's a quintessential cop or
0: government car. And can I? Mm-hmm. What what you, what you the listener is thinking right now is how could anyone have an obsession? Yeah. It's like okay, I get fossils, wine pairings. Yeah, there's there's people who are really into these things. <laughs> you can read books about this stuff. You don't go to the Barnes and Noble and find a section devoted to Crown Victoria Ford (laughs) cop cars. How on earth could you have an obsession? And you admit to this, right? Oh, yeah.
1: I still want one. (laughs) Okay, uh, and this is gonna sound crazy to you uh, listeners. Uh, I actually, back in the early 2000s, created a savings account, a money market account. Back when IGN Direct, remember them, they... Capital One bought them, but okay. you could start a money market account back when money market accounts could actually generate some some interest. And uh, there comes a point, it's always like, I'm gonna save some money for something. <laughs> uh, what is it? And what could that be? And Well, let me figure it out. It came time to name the account, and I named the the account Crown Victoria. <laughs> why? Because I wanted one. Okay, now, why did I want one? First of all. So you were saving up to buy one. It, I think I called the, the account Crown Victoria slash vacation. It was like, we need to save some money. We I gotta get a car at some point. I gotta get a new car at some point for myself because you know I was driving that old Cadillac. You remember that? Yeah. I drove that Cadillac that I had to buy the heater that
0: you plugged into <laughs> the AC adapter. Yeah. The cigarette lighter? No, you cigarette lighter. It yeah. was a cigarette lighter heater. I drove a Cadillac. And it was down by your feet. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> and- <laughs> yeah, well, that it was that, was. that was really cold. <laughs> that is that's insane. I, I drove... <laughs>
1: Uh, a Cadillac DeVille. It was burgundy, burgundy. four door, and uh, it, the heat and the <coughs> a, neither the heat nor the AC worked. So I got this thing so that the you cigarette plugged. Lighter that worked. The cigarette lighter worked, and it blew like a really weak stream of hot air onto like one foot. <laughs> the, the foot gas that was foot. the <laughs> gas foot. <laughs>
0: and
1: so I needed a new car, and uh, I saw I started reading about new new cars, and I was like, I want a big car. With a big, I always wanted a car with enough legroom and I wanted a sedan. I like a car, a, a car drives. and I want a big trunk. <laughs> you, you have those three requirements. Next thing you know, you're looking at Crown Vicks.
0: <laughs> also, but you, you like Google these things. Oh, and then I find I want a car with legroom, headroom, and room for my heater by my gas foot.
1: What I found is that because these are government and police vehicles, that you can get them in auctions. So you can go to a police auction and you can get a Crown Vic that still is black and white, just like an old cop car, but doesn't have the lights on top
0: anymore. And that seems to me to be a bad thing.
1: (laughs) Now, okay, yes. Because you're on the interstate and everyone's slowing down in front of you. I thought many, yeah, but it's a little bit of a power trip.
0: Because the guy
1: slows down and then he moves over and then you go past him and you're like, I'm not a cop, I'm (laughs) just a dude who bought a car at an
0: auction. Gotcha, sucker. and, and also, then you're telling me about the
1: chain drive. It has it. No, it has a chain belt, as a, a chain timing belt, as opposed to a, uh, a rubber timing belt, which wears out over time. It has a chain, so these things are just indestructible. That's why cops have them. You can just go. You can chase people through rivers. You can go through creeks. You can spin out in the middle of the median, and they're just indestructible cars with a lot of legroom, <laughs> a big trunk. <laughs> And a lot of horsepower, and so I, re- <laughs> I I really wanted one. And my wife thought it was ridiculous. Again, a, a lot of these things have been temp- tempered by the people in my life, and that's one of them. My wife was like, I don't want you to get an old cop car. What are you, crazy? But, you know, we did interview a guy. You remember this guy we interviewed uh, not too long ago for some position, I can't remember what it was. But we, we didn't hire him, though. We asked him what he drove, and he said, I drive a gold Crown Victoria. It was like a former taxi. And I was like... What? No, it was it was just a gold. You gold. almost
0: hired him on the spot.
1: Yeah, and so and, like
0: I could see it in your eyes. And, and
1: then he said, uh, "I said really." And we talked about Crown Vics for a while. And then he was like, "Yeah, you want me to drive by the front of the office on the way out?" I was like, "Heck yeah, I want you to." And so when you drove out, <laughs> I mean, we didn't hire him, uh, but, but you got
0: a thrill I when got he drove so by. so close because of that Crown Vic. Okay. <laughs> wow. Can we take a moment and just think about what just happened? <laughs> Um, I'm glad that you owned it. Oh, what car did you get when you didn't get a Crown Vic? Side note, Scion. You got the Scion, yeah. Which now I drive a Scion. Mm-hmm. So there you go. If uh I drive, we got a follow-up Scion to that one. Because and you know why I got it? Because of the headroom and the legroom.
1: unbelievable headroom and legroom. In and a you Scion got it. XP.
0: You got it on auction. Uh, it was a. It was a total. Yeah. Next on the list. I don't remember this one. Sailing.
1: Yes. Still fascinated like with sailing. Just last night, I was looking at a book that my wife bought for me a couple years ago because she knows I'm fascinated with this. Um, sailing Around the World. This is a book where a couple goes around the world and they document, they're their photographers and they document every location. They went around the entire world. It's absolutely amazing. The reason I got into sailing is because I did some research on what my name meant. McLaughlin. And McLaughlin means master sailor, and so really, I was like, "Boy, I got to get into this because I I got to live up to my name, be a master sailor." And just the idea of a sailboat that could go anywhere, untethered, go around the world, go meet new place, new people, and new places, I've always been fascinated with it. As far as I got on this one is, I bought a few books. I read a book called "Sailing Alone Around the World," which is a great book. You want to do that? It. I no, I don't want to do that. I'm a little bit of an introvert, but I but I don't want to sail alone around the world. You you want to go? We can document the whole thing. It's going to take a long time. I mean, with the right sponsor, I might be willing okay. to do it. Uh, Red Bull. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know why. Well, what about like sailboats?
1: Okay, some sailboat. Sailboats.com. They probably won't pay for it. But I'm fascinated with it, and as far as I got with that. I would like to take a yacht around the world. How no, about that? Well, that's pollution, man. It takes gas. It costs money. Okay, okay. It, the, the sailboat is beautiful because it is powered by the wind, uh, and um, the the farthest I got on that is I took a sailing class at Harris Lake. Remember that? Remember that lake?
0: Uh, well, I remember the class, Rhett, and I think what you mean by class is like a three-hour introductory yeah, introduction to sailing orientation. Yeah, intro to sailing. You there was no a class is something you go to. And you leave, and then you come back to it on a scheduled basis. Well, I took a cl- eight, a class, you one class. A, you, I went to class one time. You, you,
1: I, they sailed me around. There wasn't a lot of wind that day, but they, <laughs> but they, they
0: let they let us go around. Now, just as I've got more on the list, but just as a side note, it occurs to me this phenomenon that we're exploring, uh Tell me what you think about this. Okay. If you did not, if your brain didn't work this way, if your personality wasn't this way, I don't believe that we would be doing Good Mythical Morning right now. Mm. Because I remember that the impetus for doing Good Morning Chia Lincoln was, "Let's let's just come in and talk about stuff every morning and let's just see what happens. And it was just like, a, we were in between projects. Right. And we had a certain, we had a couple of months. It was an experiment. We had a couple of months and uh, we, we on the way into work every morning, you would always have something to talk about because, well, for this reason, there was always something you were thinking about. And then it it was like, why, do we, why are we just having these conversations? We should bring people into let's, this. Let's bring people into this. And so I, I don't even need to ask you. I certainly believe that we wouldn't be where we are if your brain didn't work the way it did. Now, I, you know, I'm going to own some part in this too. But <laughs> I do think that, I mean, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon that that was that it kind of gave us the blind confidence to say we're going to, every morning, we're going to literally show up, turn the camera on, and just talk about something. Because the, you always had something that, the, you always had three things. Oh, well, I'll just pick one that I can talk about. You know, I've mm-hmm. always, and I've always got an opinion about it. So right, that gave me right. confidence to say, okay, we're just having the same conversation that we had rolling into work. We're just going to have it when we get to work. And we would actually be silent on the way into work and save things for that conversation. And I'm glad that we did that. Um, but my question is, are some of these things, you're defensive. It seems defensive to me when you're like, well... I only took one class, and then, you know, I haven't sailed since then, but I still have that book, and I read the book last night. But is there part of you that the validation is not really in completing things, but is there something about just being able to talk about things? Is there is there an ulterior or at least a side motive? Maybe that's the same thing. If the main motive is you're, you're interested and you just have passions that, wandering passions... But there's a side thing that's like, I just like to know things. I like to be able to talk about things. I like to be the guy that knows just enough about a lot of things to talk to anybody about anything. I can, is that a motive? I
1: can honestly answer you that it is not. It's not. It is not. I, uh, I'll admit my faults. I have many. Well, I, I don't think that's a fault. No, 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 no. no. What I'm saying, I, I will admit my I admit my faults, and I have many, but... No, I don't, I, I don't like being, I I don't like seeming like a know-it-all. I know that I I come across that way because I do have an opinion about a lot of things.
0: And I don't even know that that, that's not what I was, I wasn't saying, do you want to be a know-it-all? I'm saying, do you like to engage people and be be a guy who can. I
1: love to talk to people about a lot of different things and I like to be able to contribute in different conversations about different disciplines and different interests, but I really think, you know, that thing we did earlier this year where we did this personality evaluation with Jason Jaggard and my number one thing was futurist. Yeah. Um, meaning my mind is always in the future and I actually spend more of my time thinking about anticipating things. I, I spend more of my time in the future than I do in the present. I actually have a very difficult time enjoying anything in the moment. Hmm. Um And I think that the thing that you'll notice about most of these things is that they are somehow related to an experience that I kind of create in my mind. And I think one of these days I'm going to fly in an ultralight and that's going to be fun. One of these days I'm going to sail around the world and that's going to be fun.
0: One of these days I'm going to kill a crow or I'm going to pair the perfect... Wine with that There are
1: experiences that I set up in my mind and I think that I'm going to have experienced some sort of satisfaction. And so I actually, I begin to anticipate the satisfaction. I anticipate the fulfillment uh, of these things. And so then I learn about them because you need to know what you need to know about these things in order to experience them in the right way. And then what ends up happening is that life happens, right? You end up being normal. You know, I can't be a guy that flies in an ultralight and sails around the world and has a Crown Vic and crow hunts on a regular basis and all these other things. Because it's just, you can't do that. There's only so many things we can do between the work that we do and family life. So a lot of these things are just passions. They're just interests. And I'll just read a book about sailing and think, well, maybe when I retire, I'll actually do that. So I I honestly think it's just my disposition is future oriented. And so I'm interested in these things. Not because I'm waiting for to wait to go to a party and talk to somebody who's a sailor and be like, oh, I know all about this. Let me tell you about the Seychelles. I've read about them. You've been there.
0: I, I think that's an interesting dynamic. I think it's in, an insight into you, or maybe a, a misconception of you that people would say, you know, for someone who has always something to offer or a detail to offer, it it is okay. You could say he's being a know-it-all. Maybe he's not, I'm not say, saying you are a know-it-all, I'm saying people could say he's being a know-it-all, okay? Um, but I think it's interesting to find out that if you, if that's your honest, what's honestly driving is just in, uh, well, what you just said, it kind of, it, it dissolves that at least a little bit. <laughs> well, and I, and I will
1: say <clears throat> that, and we've learned this being friends for a really long time and working together for a long time, is that you begin to see, people ask, why are you guys, how have you guys been friends for so long? And mm-hmm. uh, why do you guys keep doing this entertainment thing? You know, people come and go on YouTube and you guys kind of, they're right from the beginning and you're still relevant, right? There's this search for relevance. And one of the things that we've said many times, and Hank, uh, Green made this observation when we talked to him at VidCon. A lot of times when you look at people who have been doing something for a while on YouTube, it's it's a partnership, right? And so there's this dynamic that's like, I'm going to be interested in a lot of different things. You are going to have a sense of follow through. So when we decide to do something... It's going to happen. It's going to land. It's going to be finished, and that's not something that we could have ever anticipated or planned. Um, but I think that the reason that we have an idea that gets completed versus just a bunch of ideas that never actually come to fruition is 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 that is the partnership, um, and so you know, if you're, if you're thinking about
0: trying to do, I, I just I don't think that you can, I just don't think you can do it alone. I mean, I certainly can't imagine it. Um, I'm gonna list out a couple of other things here, and we'll pick the ones that you wanna talk about. But I will say, one last side note in this is, uh, a byproduct of your ph- this phenomenon, is I think that people ask you things like ask your opinion because they assume that you're gonna know something because you know about things that you know about. People end up asking you these things and there's a lot more of a opportunity for you to hone your ability to BS a great answer to things. Oh yeah. So I observed that as a byproduct of this whole thing. <laughs> or could that be the motive? I just wanna know enough stuff so that I can BS my way through everything else. Of course. That's, I know. I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. All right, here we go. I've got one, two, three, four, five more things on my list. Oh, we really? don't, you know, we're not going to talk about all five of these. Okay. I'm going I'm to read them, and I'd like for you to pick one, maybe one and a half. How, how
1: about I give you a sentence about each one?
0: Well, I want you to, it, and, I, and all, I'll
1: dig. In, we'll dig into one,
0: or if you want to dig into one and then pick one to close with. Okay. So in in no particular order, I'll read these out to you, and you can tell me which ones you, you're intrigued to go back to. After sailing I have barbecue, hot yoga. Hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> juicing. Okay. Paddle boarding. Yeah. Four wheeling.
1: I'll say a sentence about each one. Okay. You just can't choose. And then we can and then we can close on the one that me, that there's two that me and you are experiencing together.
0: The last two. Okay.
1: So barbecue. barbecue. I'm really into barbecue, uh, and you know from our song that barbecue is a noun, it is not a verb, it is not a grill, It it is a, a meat prepared in a very special way, and I came out here to California and I found that they don't know how to do barbecue. They think barbecue means a grill or they think it means hot dogs and hamburgers. Or even a party. And I m- missed North Carolina-style barbecue. Pulled pork, slow smoked pork shoulder, and I figured out how to do it myself and now it's something i do on a semi regular basis i figured out the, the i went to uh, amazingribs.com a crazy guy named uh, Meathead. meathead meathead godwin i think is his godwin is his last name meathead obviously a nickname
0: who it. happens to be in chicago of course i know about this guy because y- you've gotten so deep into this one that like i can't I'm, just
1: limit it to a sin here so i'm sorry anyway i figured out how to do this it's and it, it, it is a passion now uh, to recreate authentic uh, North Carolina-style barbecue here in North char- Carolina. On a, using a charcoal grill. I bought a thing called, again, there's a thing you can buy. I, I have a Weber grill, kettle grill. I bought a Smokinator 2000.
0: And a series of special meat thermometers. Yes. And a special magnet that goes on your refrigerator that tells you meat temperatures. Well, that's just the, the receiver of the, yeah. I'm actually buying that. No, the magnet, the meathead magnet. Anyway, we'll, okay, hot yoga.
1: Uh, again, my well, this was a lot of times. There's an experience that leads to me having an interest, and this was making commercial kings. We went to
0: where was that? Sacramento, California. Sacramento. We made uh, a hot yoga commercial for um, Sandy and what was his name? Well, I can't remember, but it was it was Rambo themed, Rambo slash A Team themed. Yeah, right local commercial with like a 78 year old man who is missing a finger and this
1: is a, a form of yoga called bikram yoga and there's a dude who's more than a little bit crazy who came up with this thing that there's these like 26 different yoga moves that you do under extreme heat like over a hundred degrees and you go and you said it's a two it's an hour and f- half hour and a half class I think And there was, you know, we did it with this dude and I was like, this would be great for me. I need to do something. We did it for the comedy, but then you come back home and you sign up for a class. Oh, I went to the class. And I went to the class a number of times and then we did move, we did move to the other side of town and I never went back to the class. You
0: went to the class once and then you vomited. No, I went to the class like uh, five or six times. And vomited five or six times. No, I, I didn't vomit, I got very close to it.
1: Sounds fun, but, juicing. But but here's how. But here's how. And again, I'm not being defensive. I'm just being. I'm just explaining things. I don't do hot yoga anymore. But a number of those yoga moves that I did in that class, I retain those. I do them every single morning for the treatment of my uh, my herniated disc problem.
0: Which brings us back to chiropractic and how smart crows are.
1: Yes, juicing. Uh, juicing. I watched a movie about juicing. Uh, one of those Netflix documentaries that makes you think that you can that you can do something and change everything. And so,
0: what I do, where you can do something and change everything. Yeah, right. That's the definition of a documentary, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh,
1: I, this is I do this a lot. I watch a documentary. I watch this documentary, and the guy talks about juicing can change your life, which I no longer believe that after having. <laughs> <laughs> after having read about it a lot. Oh, after having juiced. I, I, not, I, you know, it's there. It's controversial, but I bought a juicer. I did something you would never do, which is I, I watched the documentary, and within, not not within 24 hours, within 24 minutes of the documentary going off Netflix, I went on Amazon, mm. I ordered a juicer, and my wife and I used
0: it for a couple of months, and now it's just sitting up there above the sink. And I would hate that juicer if it was in my house. And that was and you that, would hate it. I would hate it, and I would hate myself why because would you it hate was it? there, and that's why I didn't buy one. But why would you hate it? Because it, I would see it as a failure. To me, it's an opportunity. I could juice it any time. Right. I and maybe that's my problem. No, I haven't juiced since paddleboarding. Now, in the mythical show, half-hour show we did last year, um, we wanted to explore some segments that were outside of the studio. You had had this idea to do paddle boarding, and you'd mentioned it to me multiple times, yeah. but the way you got me on board, literally, was uh, you finally, through Eric and our management team, got a paddle board company to hook us up with some paddle boards for free, and I'm like, I'm in now, buddy. And we had tried a year before, you remember that? And it didn't work, yeah, we couldn't get any response. But SUPATX hooked us up with a couple of boards. We made a segment for the Mythical Show, and that was all. That was all you're doing, because of some paddleboarding idea you had. I saw a picture. You saw a picture. I saw a picture with, uh, like a, in a dentist office, a dude in an incredible
1: location on a paddleboard, and I was like, "Well, I gotta do that. <laughs> How do I do
0: that?" And then we've documented the process of us doing it, and it was nothing like that. <laughs> but, no, uh, but we've gotten but, a lot better. But I stuck with you, so I'll take some credit for this. Yeah. I, You know, because it's that dynamic. Once I was in, and once we both had the boards, and it was hanging in my well, garage, that I was, was like, the I'm key. gonna use that board. You had the stuff. I had the stuff.
1: Yeah, so now we've, we've each got two boards now. But and we should go in the morning, by the way. We will. Uh, once you have the stuff, and once you have the stuff, because your sense of obligation, you read a book because you think the author is waiting for you to finish the book. You're going to use that board because you're like, well, I in fact, if you don't use the board, you're going to delete the board like a file, right? You're going to get rid yeah. of the board. You're going to sell it on Craigslist or something. Or, or,
0: or I don't want to look. I don't want to have that failure or non-follow-through, follow, uh, staring me in the face.
1: And and that's something I enjoy immensely now, and we both enjoy it, and we do yeah. it on a regular basis.
0: Yeah. And uh, four wheeling, the last one on the list. Uh, Our friend Nick, who I went mountain biking with a lot when I used to mountain bike, now that we got into four wheeling, it's very difficult to do. Four wheeling is like mountain biking, but in a truck. (laughs) And once you do that, it's very difficult to go back to mountain biking. It's like, I need two more wheels and like an air conditioning. Yeah, and like a couch to sit on. (laughs) Right. Instead of a bike seat. A steering wheel in front of me. It's so great. Yeah. Uh, So he took us to Death Valley, Mm. and when we came back, you didn't tell me, it was like classic. Five days later, Rhett's like, "Uh, for the past five days, I've been doing extensive research (laughs) on what off-road vehicle we should buy. Yeah, right. So he had been researching it from the moment we got back from Death Valley, but he knew not to present to me... the the data until he had found a place where we could get in one which was actually just down the street and I kind of rolled my eyes but I was like okay this is gonna happen I mean we had we were gonna buy we needed another vehicle that Bronco was a failure right it was ridiculous And, uh, what a, what a, and now it's like, I'm thinking, when are we when am I going to go camping again? Like, it's opened up a whole world for like, sometimes me and my family take the FJ Cruiser. Sometimes you and your family take it. Sometimes me and you and the boys take it. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, well, I guess that's it. But you know, it's, it's opened up a world. And it's incredible. I would, I love it, man. And I would never, I would never have bought a, a truck. That's yeah. not that. That's ridiculous. And Ru- it's totally worth it. But okay. But and so
1: here's my question for you, because we, we we're gonna close this down in a second. Here's my question for you. Um,
0: you okay, I've eaten all my dark chocolate, so
1: the, obviously there is there is mutual benefit to to this, right? Um, I bought the truck. Well, we bought the truck.
0: Right, we went in together. Bought the because truck. I
1: w- thought we got if we get this truck, the next thing you know, we'll be like four wheel freaks. And now it's this thing that we can potentially, potentially, but is that a word? Potentially, yes, I think so. Yeah, uh, in crow language, d- do it on a on a regular basis. It it. Do you think, okay, if, I, if you were to the, su- subtract me from the equation, I do not believe, you say that if you were to subtract me from the equation. Fat, you, dumb, and happy. You'd just be sitting there. I would be not fat, am- dumb, and happy. I just, I, I don't think that's true. Here, here's why. I think that what happens is, is that when you're in a, a friendship with someone, as long as we, we've been in a friendship, you begin to rely on one another in a way that's just like, okay, with certain aspects of our job
0: it's I like, see, don't develop strengths that the other guy has. I see something, and I'm like, I'm
1: not gonna even try to figure that out. Like, I don't wanna sit here and toil over this edit or this graphic or this thumbnail because I know that Link already has an opinion about it and just let him do that. You know what I mean? I think that you end up develop, you you, you kind of embrace the fact that you're like, that person's gonna kind of handle this. So I think that you've kind of been like, I don't have to seek New interests because I have a friend who's going to bring me a buffet of new interests on a regular basis. But I think if I wasn't in the situation, you would have it You would have developed your own interests.
0: I, I don't think there's I, any doubt. I hope doubt. so. I, I hope I'm not. Uh, but I do. I have observed that there are people like that. So I know it's possible. Uh, and so I could. I could be one of those people. Um, I don't know. Uh, d- does it matter? I mean, are you are you concerned about like my level of self-esteem or do you think it goes further? That it's like- I don't like- think
1: it has anything to do with self-esteem. I think it just has to do with, um, I-, I just think it has to do with a, dis- a disposition.
0: Like, do you think that Well, you should. You shouldn't depend on me to bring everything to table. You should come up with some. You should. You should explore your own things. Is that? Do you? I don't even. I don't even
1: think that. I don't necessarily think that. I think that if uh, I would have to, I would have to focus more on follow through. If you weren't here, and you would have to focus more on finding something new to be interested in. If I wasn't here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I certainly. so I don't know, you know, I don't know the, I think there's ways for us still to grow to where we can't, we don't have to be like, we don't atrophy in a certain area. Like I don't atrophy because our entire lives don't overlap. I mean, there's, there's like, take being a father or a husband. There are things that are very much, uh, those parts of our lives don't overlap near as much as our, our work life. And, which dovetails to a lot of our hobbies, like paddleboarding or or uh, camping or things like that. That I I certainly shouldn't let uh, my, a zest for life and, and a willingness to engage potential passions atrophy because that will happen. You know, I want to be the type of father that does that that inspires. Uh, creativity and a sense of adventure in my children and so I think I think that is a good lesson for me that okay I've got the benefit of someone uh, let's just say that's you who uh, can inspire me to be more of that in another circle say with my family type of thing and so maybe in the same way the opposite for you that you know I don't know what that may be fill in the blank but, well, I, but I, I do I observe. think that's I think that's the healthy, one healthy application here and I have another
1: one too but go ahead I was gonna say I observe this you know now that we've got kids I observe this in my children most it is most evident in Locke because he's older mm-hmm. and Locke is just he gets he gets on something mm-hmm. and the funny thing is is I never realized this about myself until I got older and started thinking about it but right.
0: Like you were telling me today that he's obsessed with exotic cars. Yeah, right. And this was out of nowhere, and
1: this had nothing to do with me.
0: You know, I, I don't.
1: I'm not like just watching exotic you car know footage what on like. YouTube. I like Crown Victorias and I like trucks that can go four wheeling. I'm not a big sports car guy, right? Uh, but I was as a kid. You know, I draw sports cars and had sports cars. But
0: it's kind of beside the point. He found this he on his, his own. He found this was on his thing. own,
1: uh, and he's super passionate about it now. But the thing I've observed is that he will go move on to the next thing. You know, he was super into Pokemon. He was in. He was into Legos. He was right. into these things, and he's into Minecraft
0: right now. And, but, it, and and I'll tell you, I'll cut you off. I know where you're going. It's, uh, you're saying, well, then as a parent, you need to foster some follow through. That everything's not a mile wide and an inch deep. It's fascinating how, like Lincoln, is so much like me, and their interaction. The the conversations they have are so much like the conversations that we have now, about oh, Locke's like, you know, I, I'm into the I'm into Lamborghinis now, like Minecraft, uh, not so much. And Lincoln's like, this morning at breakfast, I was like, Lincoln, what are you thinking about? And at the same time, we were like, Minecraft. It's like I totally knew that because that's what he's been thinking about for the past three months. Right and, and that's what he has think a about. certain
1: capacity for for Minecraft and then he's going to be like I'm kind of ready for something else.
0: Right, it's interesting the things that even at our age the things that we're learning have a direct application to shaping other the lives of other humans. not only which are our children, but also each other in this conversation. And I I'll, I'll say the um the second thing is just I think I'm taking from this conversation just an appreciation. You know, uh that I do appreciate that, okay, you're gonna bring something to the table. That's gonna be fun. There's something, you know, there's something new. It's like, I would hate to do the same type of job every day. I would hate to have the same type of thoughts every day. I would hate to have to come up with all those different thoughts if I hated to have the same thoughts. So it's nice to have someone else who is a catalyst for that type of thing. So that that's exciting. And I don't mean to relate it all back to work, but we kind of know when it comes to, certain topics we want to discuss in Good Mythical Morning, who's going to take those things and why, and I think that there's certain fascinating elements of Good Mythical Morning that come through because of things that you're engaged in. I think we can sit here and have a conversation um, for the next hour about how, oh, isn't this so sweet? But we should probably wrap it up. Uh,
1: And I I would say in in an effort to relate it to anybody who's listening. uh, Let's do that. I, I I think part of this is that, you know, if you're an Ear Biscuits listener, I would hope that, one of the things we want to convey is that, all right, you know, um, we're in our mid-30s. We're probably significantly older than most of the people who are listening to this podcast. Not that it's for younger people. It's for everybody. It's just the way the internet works. And there's a lot of things that we've kind of learned being friends for this long. And I think one of those things is that um you tend to there's a combination of things that you f- that you have in friends in friendships that last there's going to be common interest first of all there's going to be like you're interested in the same things and you see the world enough the same way so that there's that's not th- that you kind of connect with one another but then i think that when you think about your friendships appreciate the differences because the same differences that you have with the people who are your friends are going to be things that they can be frustrations, hmm. right? The fact that we're different from one another and we see things a little bit differently about things and you get so focused on something and I might have to like shake you loose and introduce you to a new thing, that can be frustrating to me and my distraction and moving on to the next thing can be frustrating to you. But those things that make, can can be a weakness in a friendship, ultimately can be a strength. So as you think about the friendships that, uh, that you have, the people who you're friends with, you think about the conflict. What are the sources of conflict in your friendship or your relationships? A lot of times those are gonna be opportunities for a stronger stronger friendship. Hmm. Um, You know, I think that that's that's something, it's taken us a long time to to learn that about one another and kind of be like, this is what he does and this is what I do and it's different and it's good.
0: And, but still a little funny. You know, so we can have a good time talking about it. And I'm glad we had this Ear Biscuit. I'm glad you were here for this. So, uh, people, you have your assignment. Uh, Go and do your research tonight. Ultralights, chiropractic, guns, crow hunting, Mm. wine pairings, fossils, geology, crowned victorious. a lot of good stuff. Sailing, barbecue, hot yoga, juicing, paddle boarding, and four-wheeling. And if you stick around for another 30 minutes, I bet you something else will be added by someone here to the list, but you don't have to. You can count on us being here every week. And uh, next week we'll probably be with another person. We won't
1: just talk to each other the whole time.
0: But we're not gonna apologize No for we're that. not,
1: this has been great. I'm so interested in it.
0: Hashtag <laughs> let us know on the Twitter and other places, leave a comment on SoundCloud and a review on iTunes. Still do that, it matters. See you next week. Mm-hmm.